You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right. Welcome to JRE for Genevieve, episode 10. Has uh, it been 10 already? I think so. Excellent. Um, I'm never sure which one uh, it is, but I think it's <laughs> double digits. Uh, Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you for your help. I have uh, Matt Fox, right? Yes. Uh, here with me today, one of the producers here, a podcast veteran. Uh, a parent veteran. A parent veteran is more. <laughs> I've been a parent a lot longer than I've been a podcaster. That's uh, yes, but you've been a podcaster a lot longer than most people out there. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it takes time. It really does. <laughs> uh, cool. So, and I think um, what we kind of talked about in the last couple is kind of narrowing the scope of uh, the focus of this podcast to um, relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, across the board. Whether it be family or friends or coworkers, yep. significant others, um, education—not uh, not just to school, but mm-hmm. just like lifelong learning, whatever that may be. Sure. And then, uh, kind of like work or or what you decide to do with your life. Um, I figure everyone has experience in all three of those. Right. And um, if I can, um, before we get started, Genevieve, I love you. I always. Forget that part. <laughs> but I figure if Genevieve can kind of be successful in those three buckets of life, um, then, you know, just be ahead of the game. <laughs> what, what I really enjoy, Luke, about what you're doing for your daughter is that this is like for posterity. Yeah. As well, a little bit. I think you're, so. Because she can go back. She's how old right now? Uh, she's five. She'll be six in March. So help me understand a little bit where this thought process came from to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh Around your daughter and just kind of help me understand that a little bit more. Um, that's a good question. So I think I've always written stuff down. Yeah. I think everyone kind of wants to uh, express themselves mm-hmm. in one way or another. So um, I failed at a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wrote like kids poetry and, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, some other stuff. I used to teach fifth grade. So that was kind of came from that. I did not know that about you. Yeah. So my wife and I both taught in Houston for uh, four or five years. Okay. Um, but really, this wouldn't have happened if you guys didn't open up this uh, location up here. Thank you. Close to home. So that's super cool. Um, because, and, you know, everyone thinks about, oh, I could do a podcast. You right. know, you hook up a mic to the computer or whatever. Right. And you can do that, but you don't. So the fact that there's a place and a location and a schedule, mm-hmm. um, and then you also got to get to the point where you have to have something to say, and I didn't know if that would last, you know, one podcast or yeah. ten yep. <laughs> or more. Well, as a father, yeah. you know, yeah. you have a lot of you have a lot to say as a father. You know, yeah. uh, having three myself, yeah, I've had a lot to say and as three, a father. Three girls, three girls. What yes. ages? Uh, now they're they're. Uh, I got one one out of college and two in college. So we're 24, ah, 21, and 19. Very cool. So I've had a lot to say as a parent, <laughs> and I, I never really thought about you know voicing it in this type of a format. Right. So the fact that you're able to do that, and then when she is 24, 21, and or 19, she can re- go back and reflect and be like, you know what? Dad was right about some things. <laughs> and way wrong and he about was this. absolutely <laughs> wrong about the others. So Yeah, and, and I think that's important. Um, and actually, one of my guests that I you know may be coming on in the future, and I think you're in a similar position, which I think is cool yeah. and very valuable, is the fact that you have kids at that age, yeah. out of college and in college, is so you have your experiences with all three of these buckets relationships mm-hmm. education and work yeah. and then you see it a generation later yeah. and seeing how it's, it how it's changed and what's cool is you have the three examples so you can see that a generation later mm-hmm. it, you know we all think of the next generation this way or that mm-hmm. but i'm sure it's affected all three of them differently and they all have different experiences not because they're in a different generation but you've seen how mm-hmm. uh, maybe it has changed for all three of them you know something that you learn as a parent is like you can't treat every mm-hmm. child the exact same way mm-hmm. they right. all learn differently yeah. they all communicate differently yeah and they all re- 
respond to certain opinions differently as well. You know, from, as, so. as a father, my, my youngest will, will listen to my opinion and then she'll form her own. My middle, <laughs> I'm always wrong. And I love her for it because she challenges it. She really does challenge me. Yeah. Uh, my oldest is smart as a whip. I'll never beat her at chess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all three of them, any kid, they, everyone is different. You yeah. can't treat them all the same way. And that's cool. And I think you learn just people in general. Mm-hmm. And maybe kids help you realize that, that anyone you come across, whether it's in work or out in the world, yeah. is going to be different. But then also, <laughs> they could be one way when they're four and a completely other way when they're six and eight. And it's got to be a constant change. So it's not like you get it down and then you're good to go. Right, right. It's constantly evolving, which um, – it has to be tricky. <laughs> yeah. When I walk into my sister-in-law's house, she has two boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they're six and uh, four. Yeah. And you never know who you're going to get when you yeah. walk in the door because that, you know, last Saturday they were, you know, like, oh, Uncle Matt's here. And then right. I walk in today, they're going to be like, yeah, I don't like you anyway. <laughs> you never know. You really yeah. don't. But I think that's kind of interesting too because I think as adults, um, a lot of times we'll feel very differently. I think mm-hmm. we try to mask that. And try to keep it even keel or a, I mean, there's a lot of days I don't want to talk to people, (laughs) but you do because you have to, you have to, it's socially acceptable. It's the nice thing to do. Right. And you don't want to be um, a jerk to anyone because you're going to see them tomorrow. (laughs) But there's a refreshing honesty in that response from kids for sure. Even yesterday morning, just as an example of what you just said, not yeah. wanting to talk to people. Yeah. Yesterday morning, I'm sitting at uh, at Seven Springs. It's a resort over in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Right? You, know, you just got always, back from a ski trip. Yeah, we were skiing over there. Very cool. And, you know, we're waiting for it to be sat for breakfast. It's 730 in the morning. Yeah. And I'll just preface that. It was early. And uh, the wait, the hostess that was there, a really nice woman. And uh, she, you know, we said hi to her and we sat down waiting for the rest of the family to get there. And this other gentleman walks up and she goes, oh, good morning, sir. He didn't say a word. Yeah. And I kind of watched the interaction and the facial expression of her. She went from, hey, good morning to you're an <laughs> right? And I just, I was looking at him and he didn't even respond. Then he walked over and he said, grumpled something. Yeah. And then he walked away. Yeah. And I looked at her and she was kind of downtrodden about it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, so how are you this morning? I really yeah. struck up a conversation and, and, and it turned her her demeanor right around. Oh, someone actually wants to talk to me, right? right. So that you, you see that happen all the time. And I always yeah. try to be that catalyst mm-hmm. for change. And you know? that's huge. And I think and we've talked about that before is something like that, realizing how other people affect you and how you can affect other people. Absolutely. And how integral, integral a part of life that is. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I don't want to bash like the education system. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying they're not taught this in school mm-hmm. and I'm not sure it's their even re- their responsibility, but maybe they're seeing less of it at home if you got two working parents and everyone's so busy and whatever it may be. But that's the kind of stuff that I think is valuable. I mean, Genevieve listens to this and I think we're trying to instill that into her and I think everyone kind of maybe gets it to a different degree. But you can be in the exact same situation, uh, any situation you get into. Mm-hmm. And one, you can affect it positive, positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you can t- you you can be any uh, experience and let it affect you positively or right. negatively. By the way, you you process it, and I don't know. It, it, it's simple stuff. It's fundamental stuff, but it's I don't know. It's kind of the life changing stuff, yeah. right? It's being a basic human being stuff too, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But where, where, where's that book? Where's the basic human being book, right? No, it's never been written down. It really hasn't. Uh, has it? Or you create, you create your own chapters, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you're always starting from a blank page, page one. Wouldn't it be helpful to have a, a foundation? If a, if, a, if a manual came out with my kid when they were born, yeah, yeah. life would be great. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be as gray as I am today, yeah. but it uh, you have to create your own legacy. You have to write your own book, write your right. own rules as a parent. And you have to yeah. really understand that sometimes your parenting isn't the best way in the world. And you should really look to for, for other opinions and other thoughts as to how to treat other people, even your kids. What do you think? 
Definitely. Uh, but I think it couldn't hurt for everyone to have a little bit more basic training before they where hit do the they, ground where running. Where do they get that, though? Where does that basic training But that's from? what I'm saying. Is it coming? I think um, thinking back growing up, I was very fortunate to have really good parents. Mm-hmm. And, your, 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 your father was military. Yeah. As were mine. Both yeah. my parents are military. Yeah. So we, you know, we had a pretty strict household growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't always, you know, which I think is a great foundation. <laughs> it really kind of is, but it wasn't always hospital corners of your bed. You didn't have to quarter bounce your bed. You know, right. it was nothing like that in right. any way, shape, or form. But there were rules mm-hmm. that had to be followed. There, yeah. there's a cadence to the household growing up. Yeah, and I had a little bit of that cadence growing up until I was around six. Right, but then you know things happen, divorces happen, what sure. have you, and that cadence changed. Right. And it was a completely different world as a six-year-old. Yeah. And you had to learn something completely different, a new parenting style from a single parent at that point in time. Yeah. But still a military parent. Yeah. Who wanted that cadence, who had expectations of you as a six, seven, eight-year-old young man. Right. Because I was no longer a little boy. I was a young man. I had to grow up because stuff happens. And I I would be really interested in your – in your opinion. Mm-hmm. But I almost feel like, yeah, come from a military family, it's kind of like uh, the the things that are um, expected in the military at home, it was kind of watered down. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't yes, sir, no, sir, but it was if if the disrespect is a – Yeah. A, a, yeah, you're done. No, no. <laughs> you're done after that. <laughs> yeah. And you were talking about the cadence or the mm-hmm. schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it wasn't every hour of your day was planned. No. But you don't you don't show up late, right. and um, there was a schedule. You know, you're having dinner. You know, we had our family schedule on a blackboard out, right. and we oh, had wow. ten kids, so that was there was. Uh, That's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a necessity. But I think it's interesting. Um, so learning that at six, mm-hmm. uh, do you, and we talked about this on one. Do you remember a lot of your early childhood? Because it feels like by. From zero to ten, it's just sporadic memories. I actually remember more than I think. Then I actually remember quite a bit, and I'll reflect back on it. Just yeah. say someone will mention something on a on a social media post. So put a picture out there from a long, long time ago. Right? Do I remember that moment? Yeah, I try to. Yeah, you know, I try to remember the you know where we were. I try to remember the room that we were in. Yeah, you know, it just kind of helps me with my own memory. Yeah, because you know, I typically have a pretty good memory. But it's not the best in the world. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. <laughs> um, so it's one of my resolutions for the new year mm. was to listen more, mm. you know, to what is being said to me. I'm still practicing. I'm still getting the uh, the stink eye. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's a work in progress. Right. Really is. But I, I do try to go back and reflect as to what my childhood was like. Yeah. Because um, it was different. It was very different. Going from um, – Gosh, from Alaska to Maryland, right? You know, and that was when I was in third grade. Yeah. But even before that, going from Alaska to Minnesota, then Minnesota back to Alaska, uh, right? And two cats and uh, two kids and a and a mom and, and a Volkswagen Rabbit. Yeah. You know, going back and forth. It was it was a life experience that I will never forget. Right. Right. When you were going through it, did you realize it was? Uh, it was change was inevitable. That's yeah. when I learned that change is going to happen. Did it I feel like to. the normal though? Eventually, yeah. It felt like that. This was it wasn't going to go back to the way it was, right? And that that never did. Yeah. So I never dwelled on it, wanting to go back to the way it was, right? You know, and I still, you know, I still have communications with my father. Yeah. So, so, Wonderful gentleman. He can tell a joke like no one else. <laughs> His timing is spot on. Um, and he is my father. Yeah. And I sound just like him and my mannerisms <laughs> are just like him. I met my sis, my half-sister's husband and he looked at me and he looked at my father and he said, okay, that that's really creepy. <laughs> that's eerie. Uh, it's really eerie how, how much our mannerisms uh, mirror each other. Yeah. Um, and, and I love him for it because he's a great guy. Right. So. Right. But things are going to change. You just have yeah. to be the bigger, sometimes the bigger human being and reach out when it comes to that type of stuff too. Yeah. That, that's that's like moving forward 25, 30 years in the future from when I was six to where I am now. Right. It took, it took a lot, a long time for that to happen for us to be able to reach out and talk to each other. Yeah. It really did. 
And I'm glad it did. I found a letter from my father um, that he wrote me the day of my wedding day. Oh, right? very cool. And, and um, it, it kind of opened my eyes to the choices that I had made at that point in time too. So it made me feel uh, – Brought me back to where I should be. Brought me back to my center, mm-hmm. being that basic human being, yeah. being that good person. Yeah. And I made a not a good decision, but he still wrote me a letter on my wedding day. So uh, come for clumped about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Luke. Man. <laughs> well, let's dig deeper. <laughs> but and I've been thinking about that recently too, and I, I think that significant is, um, and partly because I don't remember a ton of my childhood. And maybe if you sit down and clear your head and try to think, maybe you can kind of bring more of that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems like a, a lot of random memories. And you think about how much that affects a person you become. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it is more about the here and now. Mm-hmm. I mean. I wouldn't be who I am right now without all of that. Yeah. In the past. Right. You and no one is. No yeah. hindsight. Hindsight is what twenty twenty. Yeah, but if, people say that, and I believe that. If you can go back now, yeah. knowing what you know, it's better. Would you make? I'm the not same? sure it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> but if knowing everything you know now, every single life experience, every single choice that yeah. you've made, if you can go back mm-hmm. and do it all over again, would you make the same choices? Would you be the same person that brought you? No and no. <laughs> Rest my case. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think it's interesting how so many people can take different paths and get to a lot of the same places. Sure. Um, yeah. Different details, but some of the overarching mm-hmm. um, lessons or um, obvious things about life a lot of people end up coming to. Right, right. And some people <laughs> too, which can confuse you. Right, obviously. Right. Um, so, so that's interesting. So how would you say that, um, influenced your parenting or do you think it did in any specific way? The reprimands, I had to learn not to be so strict, you know, interesting. You know, as a non-military household, mm-hmm. you know, but still having a military upbringing, right. it wasn't as lax, but yeah. there were still expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, there were still certain things that the kids had to do, Yeah, you know, make sure that the rooms were clean, pick up after themselves. When it was clean up time, it was clean up time. You know, yeah. there were timeouts and, you know, they took advantage of those timeouts sometimes <laughs> as all kids do. Um, you know, dinner time, everyone would help set the table, yeah. you know, little things like that. You help them become responsible, you know, how to do certain things, doing mm-hmm. the dishes, you know, you know, doing their laundry, learning how to do that at a younger age. Yeah. It's, it, it's not slave labor. It's, they have <laughs> no. to learn how to do it to be a functional human being and an adult uh, <laughs> later yes. Eventually in life. Eventually they have to live on their own. They do. And they got to learn that at some point in time. <laughs> you and... need to learn how to afford your own washer and dryer, uh, put your yeah. own food in the and yeah, the put your own clothes in there exactly. and wash them. And so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, your kids are your slaves. No, they're learning how to be a human being. <laughs> uh, yes. So, yeah, and, and they're all about how many, a couple years apart? Uh, what, 24, 9, 21, and 19. So four years and three years. Oh, okay. 28 months. Gotcha. Roughly. So the, the way you grow – and just like society in general, yeah. I mean – so between your childhood and their childhood, I was a young father. Twenty twenty five years, right around there. Yeah, I was a young father, and I walked into an immediate family. So my two mm-hmm. older daughters, Luke, yeah. are my step my step. Oh, okay, cool. Right? Uh, my wife's first words to me when we met at a bar, grew up. You know, I, I, I DJed weddings and events. You know, uh, started yeah. at the age of nineteen. Nice. Um, and then we're in the clubs and the bars having a good time. Before everything I, was on the iPod or Right, right. Play. It was all CDs, <laughs> all right? Uh, didn't do vinyl, but, um, but you know, I, I enjoyed my early 20s. Yeah. I, I really did. I had a good time in, in, in that atmosphere. That's awesome. And I think that's and a I, lesson in I itself. love playing music. I love, you know, putting it all together and making people dance and have a good time. Yeah. And I was at a certain bar mm-hmm. as the DJ and this young lady walked up. She's now my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. And she goes, two things. One, and she kind of stumbled up to the uh, bar, to the DJ, but it was her birthday weekend. Uh-huh. So it was February of 2000. And she goes, one, you need to play Kid Rock. Mm. 
And I'm like, because Cowboy was a very big song at the time. So I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. She was number two. My sister thinks you're cute. You want to meet her? And I, you know what? And I was at a point in my life that I'm like, I, and I had just spoken to my father. Yeah. Um, and he said, you need to change your lifestyle. Because mm-hmm. I was living beyond my means. Yeah. Like most young punk 20-some-year-old <laughs> sure. guys do sometimes, right? And he said, you need to change your lifestyle. So I was, I was already looking for a change, but I did not expect to be um, bewildered by this young lady who I met. Yeah. She changed my life when she turned around and smiled. Uh, and that was in February 2000. What's her name? Mary. Uh, yeah. So Mary Lowley is actually her first name. Nice. Um, and she looked at me. She goes, I have two kids from a first marriage. Mm-hmm. And having a mother who raised two kids on her own, I understood what that meant. Uh, I got it. I was not afraid of it at all yeah. in any way, shape, or form. 100%. Um, so I'm like, so? It didn't bother me. You know? <laughs> yeah. And um, that yeah. was in February 2000. And then I proposed actually Mother's Day of 2000. Do the Fair. math. Oh, Couple yeah, months. A couple months. <laughs> I proposed Mother's Day 2000. Awesome. Uh, and then married. When you know, you know. Yeah, when you know, you really do. And then married Father's Day of 2000. Uh, another couple months. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then the youngest, my 19 year old, yeah. November of 2000. Ah. So a few more months. A few more months. <laughs> and she was born on the 17th of November. Yeah. We met around February 12th. Nice. And as my youngest daughter puts it to me to this day, hey, dad. <laughs> Nine months, five days. Because <laughs> that's the running joke with her. But yeah. we and, and we're still married to this day. You know, that's we, awesome. we'll be celebrating twenty years. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you very much. Um and we you know, we I wouldn't change a single thing. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. It's not easy. It has not been easy. Yeah. There's been some difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um there's been some wonderful, great times as right. well. Wouldn't change it for the world. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's really cool here. First of all, it surprises me that Kid Rock's Cowboy was 20 years ago. <laughs> that makes of course me you point feel that really out, old. <laughs> no, because it, it, it feels like it was less than 10. Right? I mean, it's still a great yeah. song. <laughs> so, Katie and I, my wonderful wife, yeah. Katie, thank you for letting me come out tonight. Um, it's a week night, it's a school <laughs> <yeah>. night, man. <laughs> so, our 10th is this year. Congratulations. Uh, and I turned 40 this year. So, mm. a couple. Big numbers there. And, you know, at work all the time, I'm always asking these people because um, I work with the elderly population. Right. So I get a lot of people that come in and have been married for 35, 45, upwards. Secret, That's what I tell. And, you know, I get the old, uh, they're to say yes, ma'am, or <laughs> that whole thing, you know, which, you know, Obviously, there's some truth to that. A little bit. Um, so what's your <laughs> – You want to know what mine is? I'll, yeah. I'll share with you. DJing weddings and events. Um, you know, I, I've met a lot of great people. You yeah. know, I meet I meet these folks from the very first day of their marriage. Mm-hmm. But every every uh, so often, right, every so yeah. often um, at, a, at a reception, they'll do a – a, an elimination dance to find out who's been married the longest ah, at the reception yeah. itself. And typically it's the oldest couple in the room. Right. Right. But um, the bride and groom had asked me if I could ask the couple who won what the secret was right. to their marriage. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you this. <laughs> I asked the the husband. I'm like, so, sir, congratulations on 53 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. That is an amazing accomplishment. Please share with everybody what it, took mm-hmm. to get 53 years of marriage and he took the microphone out of my hand and he looked at everyone then looked at his bride and said compromise compromise <laughs> compromise and he's not wrong <laughs> no I, I think if you're gonna boil it down to one word that's huge you have to communicate you have yeah. to make sure that both and that parties, might be the second best word if yeah. not flip-flop yeah 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 both parties have to be evenly happy yeah. It's 50-50. It's no it's not yeah. 80-20, it's not 60. It's 50-50. Yeah. I, I I like that. It might be the best answer I've received. And I think Genevieve that might be one of the biggest things is there's so many relationships out there and you can have two people that are genuinely good people with genuinely good intentions. Yeah. And that does not mean there's not going to be any hiccups. <laughs> so, I mean, I think a lot of people, it, it, they break up and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, and there's a very 
maybe obvious reason why it didn't work. Right. Um, but, but that's usually not the only thing. Right. And, um, and, but yeah, e- even when everyone is trying to accomplish the same thing, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of things that get in the way. And I think it probably does come to communication mm-hmm. and compromise. Mm-hmm. Two more huge things that where are those learned or right. where are they taught? I think to some degree in school and I think traditionally mm-hmm. in the home, but and maybe it's my learning style. I need a, I need the you know hit me across the face with the information, right. like in a very strict and straightforward way. They do it this way, yeah, yeah. Or, or at least have very direct conversations. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned I, I'd I'd very lucky to have great parents, mm-hmm. um, and, and very religious parents, and they were great role models. And I think. Um, you know, a lot of people would say lead by example is the best way, which mm-hmm. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. But supplementing supplementing that with some direction or the way they're thinking, and um, and I'm sure a lot of it was my fault. <laughs> when you're young, I mean, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to yeah. have those conversations, especially more than five minutes at a time. Right. Uh, which I think is another reason, maybe. If she wants to listen to this without me, right? <laughs> maybe I, I would actually easier. recommend her listen to it without you in the room yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, and then come back with questions. Yeah. So, what did you mean by A, B, or C? Right, right. When right. she's ready for it. Yeah. What At what age do you think Genevieve would be ready to uh, start listening to your uh, shows? I'm uh, talking fifteen years from now, nah, twelve years from now. I think a ten-year-old can have a lot of these conversations. Yeah, I mean, listen to them. You know your kid more than anybody else. Right. Right. I mean, 10, fifth grade. I used to teach fifth, fifth grade is actually what I taught. Right. Uh, okay. I, I could definitely see me having conversations about communication mm-hmm. and um, maybe not parenting yet, but a lot of the things we're talking about, yeah. discipline and yeah. hard work. Yeah. And yeah. Nothing's going nothing's gonna to get handed to you. Right. Nothing was handed to me right. you know, except a, a, a wonderful mm-hmm. parent. Parents, yeah. I should say, which is huge. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate to have the parents that I do have. Yeah, because they're honest with me. Right. And if I do something wrong, even at the age of 45, you're st- no matter how old you are, you are still their kid. Yeah. And a lot of folks lose lose that. Right. Like, just, that's your opinion. No, you're still their kid. They still yeah. want is what is best for you, and they're going to give you their opinion no matter how old you are. Right. Right? right. So if you can accept that mm-hmm. and just, you know, learn from what they're, they're they're trying to tell you because they've already experienced it. Yeah. They speak from experience. You learn yeah. from their experience. And I think that's what a lot of parenting is, is when, when you're trying to do everything uh, for your kid mm-hmm. or, you know, how I forgot who I was talking about, but drawing that line, like you want them to be happy and have it easy mm-hmm. at the same time. You want them to figure out how to handle adversity and overcome obstacles, <laughs> which <laughs> which is a completely well, maybe not, but it feels like completely ends of the same spectrum. Right. So it's one of the t- uh, it's one of the toughest things to do when is you see your kid grow up and they move on, they yeah. move out of your house, and at that point, it's hands off. You know, you can give your opinion. But will they – and yeah. if they take it into consideration, wonderful. If they don't, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Except voice your opinion. They're going to make their own choices. They're going to make their own mistakes. Right. And they're going to learn from their own mistakes. <laughs> or not. <laughs> and then it might cost you a couple of bucks in the long yeah. run. That's what I'm trying to avoid in all circumstances. Right. Like I don't want it to affect what we already have and what yeah. we're working towards. Yeah. So that's why when, the, when they're gone – they're gone, and mm-hmm. if they make a mistake, I can't help you. Right. I'll do the best I can to um, support you and give you what you need to get back on your feet, but monetarily, sure, I can't help you. Yeah, even if I wanted to sometimes. Even if I wanted to. <laughs> this is your own mistake. This is your own doing. Right. right? Yeah. I had to suffer. Yeah. I made terrible mistakes in my early, early 20s and my late teens. Terrible sure. mistakes. My mother didn't barely help me with that. Yeah. She tried. Mm-hmm. She helped me on a one thing. Because I couldn't afford it any way, shape, or form the mistake that I made. Right. But here I am, some years later, and 
doing yeah. okay. I'm still broke because I got kids in college. <laughs> but the fact is I was able to get to this point yeah. with them. Which is huge. And, and I, I'd be interested in uh, your opinion having the um, – where does it go with that? Yeah. College <laughs> broke. <laughs> that's all yes, that's in my mind, college yes, and broke. <laughs> and yes. Um, uh, it's on to my time. It, it'll come back yeah. after we stop talking about something else. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, Luke, help me understand. Uh, you've been married; it'll be ten years. Mm-hmm. All right. How did just so Genevieve? How did you propose uh-huh. to your wife? Um, I am a self-proclaimed not romantic, and my <laughs> wife would probably agree. Um, let's see. So we met. We were both in Chicago for New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what year. Uh, we were both taking the Amtrak back home. Right. And she that's got a, off is in that a six hour, Is that a six-hour train ride? Or? Uh, that's a good question. I'll be honest. I was not in good shape on okay. the way home. <laughs> and she, she's uh, – oh, no, she was already sitting down. And okay. she just told me she was really hoping no one would sit next to her because okay. um, she doesn't want a stranger next to sit next to her. Fair. So I basically sat down next to her with my head down most of the time. But apparently during that time we had a conversation – <laughs> enough to set up a time to see each other because she was dropped off in Jackson. I came to Ann Arbor. Gotcha. Dropped off. Uh, but anyways, as far as the proposal, we were both teaching down in Houston. Um, <laughs> not romantic at all. <laughs> but I mean, and, and it kind of comes you to when you've been... You had no idea this was coming. <laughs> I thought I was going to ask. No, it's so. good. <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, but when you're together for a slot, you have that conversation. Yeah. You know? Um so we we went out to I think it was breakfast with her parents, you know. We talked to it. I guess I asked or we talked about talked to them that we were talking about it. Um kind of an after the fact, which may be not not as um exciting. Mm-hmm. They her parents have like a pond behind their house and um it was frozen in the winter and oh, so nice. I I think I carved out I shoveled snow off the pond and okay. it was like William Mary Mary or something like that. In the so snow? The mo- you yeah. wrote that in the snow? On the frozen pond. You did, you did, that, it wasn't yellow? You did feel it? <laughs> <laughs> no. It had to be bigger. All right, fair. <laughs> and I had not uh, well, had that much to drink credit. that morning. <laughs> um, did, so did you actually walk her on the pond and make... Yeah, it brought her down. But I mean, at that yeah. point, it, yeah. it had already been understood that that's what we were going to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, so... I could definitely work on that department, as you tell you. Ten years—ten <laughs> years—a big year. It really is. Your yeah, ten, your ten-year anniversary. Do something special. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and bring Genevieve into it. Right. Maybe that's something that that she'll remember as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's huge. And I mean, um, I don't think this is what I was going to bring up, but I think when we're um, in these relationships with kids and families, you talked about looking for a change mm-hmm. at that age. And, um, you know, I got to that point too. And you get into uh, the family life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love everything about hanging out with uh, Genevieve and the family. But the day to day, I don't think we realize off enough maybe what we get out of that mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be like a, a family or whatnot but it just you know friends or it, it it starts to seem normal and you forget about what it was like before that it's like when you were young mm-hmm. and you were you weren't in a relationship and all you wanted to be was in a relationship <laughs> and then once you were in a relationship yeah, i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um there, there's there, i think there's a ton of value and i think maybe that's a a valuable conversation to mm-hmm. have with a kid. What are you getting out of the relationships um, around you? Right. If um, you're looking for it, you're going to try to make it happen. Yeah. If you just let it happen, yeah. it will the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Because right? it'll happen whether you want it to or not, because mm-hmm. that's, that just is, that's fate sometimes. But and I think it helps you in ways you don't expect. I mean, one, it can definitely keep you out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because you need to be at a certain place at a certain time <laughs> with certain people. Um, but 
you talked about that compromise with mm-hmm. long-term relationships, mm-hmm. which is huge, and focusing on communication. And I think that helps you with all your other relationships. Yeah. Um, knowing you can't just bail, you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing with kids when they're asking you a million questions or you're trying to figure out why they're acting one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it puts you in a more um, uh, observant mood or mm-hmm. with everybody. And not a not a reactionary mood. I don't know. Yeah. Whether it be with coworkers, yeah. you know, friends. Right. You know, even if you're out in public, it's a complete stranger. Right. You know, there there are ways to communicate and compromise so everyone walks away happy. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well you're talking about that, that waitress. Yeah. Um and that interaction. And maybe it makes you more self-reflective when when you don't understand the people around you mm-hmm. and you, you spend more time thinking about why you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. why they're doing what they're doing and how you're affecting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted her to have, I wanted her to have a better day. Yeah. I was already having a great time. Yeah. I'm on vacation. And, and that makes your day better. Yeah. And when when, when you know you made someone else's day better. Right. It, there, there's not much. Yeah. I, I walked away the, the feeling great about myself. Right. And that you feel great about yourself based on how you treat other people. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, Which, that's me. And, and that's me too. It, it takes practice though. It does. And I feel like that's most people. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not everybody. And I think we get into this rut of thinking that everyone thinks and feels like we do. Mm-hmm. But that's got to be kind of universal, right? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Except when I'm driving. Uh, <laughs> Deals yes. off when I'm on the road. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I am surprised people are as cordial on the road because I start feeling – I, I feel like I'm a pretty laid-back person. <laughs> so I'm surprised the majority of people keep it together as well as they do. Uh, huh. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a totally different topic for another show. Yeah. So I, I think a ton of what we talked about is, is huge mm-hmm. um, as far as we talked a lot about the relationship advice, how to treat people, mm-hmm. um, how that works. We talked a, a little bit about education, um, your kids' education and your education. Mm-hmm. J- just, just let's say the school part, K through 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see a big difference between – Theirs and yours? Very much so. What would you say were the biggest differences? <sighs> structure. There was there mm. for for me I didn't understand the structure. Right. Know, for K through K through twelve, I just yeah. did the homework and did the test and I was done. Yeah. I didn't put a lot of work into it. Right. And that's where I am because where I am today, mm-hmm. I didn't finish all of my college education either. Right. I got through high school. Yeah. Right. I took some college and I found a career before I got my degree. Mm-hmm. Right. Still working towards my degree, but my kids' education was more important than mine because uh, I had found a career and I, I'm happy with what I'm doing right. and I'm successful with what I'm doing. They had a more of a structured education um, through their school district that okay. they went through. And now they are very successful, you know, still going to college and working, all that good stuff. Yeah. Right? Now, would you say structured in the form of they kind of knew what they were working towards? Yes. Okay. The youngest, the oldest knew exactly what she wanted to do at the mm-hmm. age of four. And she <laughs> did it. And she's doing it today. Does she love her job? Absolutely not. Yeah. But it's great experience that she's getting right yeah. now, right? But she she is it in the field of what she wants to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the age of four, I want to do this. Yeah, and she did it, <laughs> and she got her college degree in in the, in that exact field. That's cool, right? The young, the middle, and the youngest—they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I didn't really figure it out because I fell into a career. I don't know anyone who knew. And the kid is strange. I tell you, she's amazing. She's the young. She's one of the funniest, smartest people you ever meet. Yeah. But she knew exactly what she wanted when she was super young. Right. It was really awesome. That's cool, and that's uh, that's invaluable because so many people don't have that. I don't realize how important that is mm-hmm. to be attracted to something that strongly yeah. and have a path toward it. Yeah. But I, I oh go ahead. No, we didn't push her into that field. She just did it on her own. Yeah. You know, she she took the classes that she wanted mm-hmm. to take. We she we were hands off a lot right. with, with the structure of her own education because she yeah. knew exactly what she wanted. We just supported it. Right. But I feel my education was a lot like yours. 
Uh, well, I, 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 I went here. to school because that's where kids went. Hey, I'm in band. Yay. Hey, <laughs> I'm in drama. Yay. Hey, yeah. hey, I played soccer. Yay. Now what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You go there and then you get into the workforce and yeah, you, 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 you follow and, and I had a bunch of older brothers and sisters. So I was just kind of following the lead right. without really consciously necessarily thinking about it. And that, uh, uh, I, yeah. And, what I did yeah. get out of my education, K through 12, high school mostly, right. were the friends that I still have today. That's huge. Right. There are still, there are still a group of folks that we, we still get together. We still go out and hang out. It's guy, it's a guy thing, right? Yeah. We're all married. We, you know, bring the wives together. You know, it, it, it's kind of diminished a little bit because we've all gone separate ways, sure. different states, you know, we've moved a little bit further away from one another. There's still a core you know, there. There's still a core of guys there that we still communicate together. Yeah. And those friendships are invaluable to keep around. Yeah. Because those are the people that know you the best. Yeah, whether it's family or friends or whatever. Yeah. And I think, and this is totally my fault, and, I, and I'll blame it on my upbringing, but it, I'm sure it's me. <laughs> Because in the military, you're you're jumping around every two or three years. Yeah. And, you know, once we did settle down in, like, middle school after my dad retired, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of my classmates knew each other since they were three years old or whatever. Right. And and I don't even think I felt jealous, but I, I thought it was kind of kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I'm friends with a few people since high school. But but just, like, family members, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're the people that – yeah, know you mm -hmm. better than anybody else. They're the people that can you can disagree with or do stupid stuff, mm -hmm. but you're still. But but it almost doesn't matter right. because you have street smarts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're uh, yeah, they're, they're they're family basically. Yeah, whether it's biological or not. Yeah, and that's um, that that's big. Yep. Huh. That's yeah, interesting. It's fun. You know, keep keep your friendships around. You know, I, I have a very good friend just over in the other room. I met this that gentleman at the age of nineteen. Yeah, yeah, he's listening. I know he's. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even even Jamie, you know, he's he brought me under his wing and, yeah. and taught me how valuable it is to, you know, the proper way to work an event or a DJ a wedding or yeah. reception. But even more so, how to be a good person. And how to communicate because yeah. this uh, this man can communicate better than I can, and awesome. I appreciate his uh, his tutelage. Were you out there on that faithful night with Mary? Believe it or not, yeah, I, I communicate from time, <laughs> from time to time. Which faithful night with Mary? Oh no, no, it was a different club. The introduction that was, yeah. that was a different club. Yeah. A different Matt club. was Matt had his wings and he was flying on his own. By then. <laughs> he, is, uh, he is surpassing the master. Yeah, but I, I, oh, I appreciate everything that this man does. That's so. awesome. Well, I appreciate both of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, but you know what? I remember what I wanted to ask you like 15 minutes ago. All right, fair. Bring it. <laughs> I think it was like you, you, were, you were talking about um, your daughters going out and making their own mistakes yeah. and all that. Um, and I think – and like I said, I, I have so much less experience, but you can do everything right mm -hmm. and realizing that you still – are only, you're only in control of whatever twenty percent of how they kind of turn out, right? Yeah. And you and, and way less of what experiences than they have, mm -hmm. and but I guess maybe you can mold how they react to them in mm -hmm. a positive way. But you can you can only control the controllables, yeah. the outside influences that happen. Yeah, you, you got to learn to deal, right? And and that's you know they they that's where the mistakes happen, not yeah. knowing how to deal with those outside influences, right? But you can still control the controllable. So, so how do you teach that, or how do you expose them to that? You can't. You gotta <laughs> let them learn on their own, and just you know, yeah. be there to talk to them and, and answer their questions, and you know, bring them back with open arms. Sure, oh, absolutely. Right, knowing they always have a place to fall back. They always back have a place on. to come back. Yeah, you know, they, someone to talk to, and just be honest with. Yeah. You no, know, you know, that's what family's supposed to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's saying. I mean, you wanted to make mistakes in a safe environment, but mm -hmm. that's just not always an option. <laughs> Listen, when I'm asking someone to jump my car at 3 a.m. in the morning and yeah. I have no cash except for the pennies yeah. in it because I was an idiot and went downtown somewhere and didn't charge my battery, <laughs> probably didn't take care of my car properly. Those right. were the decisions that led me to being downtown asking a complete stranger to help me jump my car so I can get home. Right. Right. Those are the mistakes that you that, – that one of the mistakes I made. Yeah. 
I learn from it. Yeah. Fix your car. <laughs> Keep <laughs> yeah. it on the up and up. You know, it's going to cost money. And that's right. part of owning a vehicle is the upkeep, the maintenance. Oh, yeah. And insurance. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're they're going to learn. Right. They are going to learn, but they're going to take their bumps and bruises. Yeah. And you yeah. can't stop that from happening. No. And, and, and you don't want to completely. <laughs> you can't. You, you can't. When, when your kid's falling down in a pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. Don't catch them. Let them fall. Right. Because they're going to hurt themselves. They're going to learn to put their hands out by themselves to stop themselves from hitting something. Yeah. You can't catch them all the time. Right. So, I mean, I think Genevieve, maybe a couple of things, takeaways um, are, one, I guess, don't be afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, do your best. But, yeah, just – Get a couple of those under your <laughs> under your belt, or, or don't let it slow you down. I guess, yeah. or know it's going to happen. But also, I think it's important is and, and Genevieve, I, I think, kind of uh, leans toward this end. Anyways, is um, she's very much a, a pleaser mm-hmm. and doesn't want to, you know, do things incorrectly or um, uh, you know displease anybody. No, no. So, no, one, no one wants to upset anybody, but it's going to happen. Yeah. So, Genevieve, <laughs> let it happen. <laughs> Honestly, it's just it, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's how you deal with that at that point. How you react. Yeah. yeah. The reaction seems way more important than the, than the action mm-hmm. for a majority of things. Huh. Interesting. Um, awesome. So, we got relationships bucket. We got the uh, education bucket, which I agree that the goal setting is huge. Mm-hmm. If you can have a uh, an eye towards why you're actually going to school, mm-hmm. why you're going to school, mm-hmm. um, have some have some goals in place, even if those change. It's okay if then something changes. Yeah. That, really that's is. way better than just being there and having no direction, direction and going every which way. Mm-hmm. Uh Absolutely. And then with your kids just getting into the workforce, Mm -hmm. because that's where they're going to spend a majority of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, That's their their other family. (laughs) We were talking about that. (laughs) I'm going to spend the majority of my life with people I didn't pick (laughs) that are sitting five feet away from me. (laughs) And and I I think that's huge because – whether they're the kind of people that you would choose to be with or not, yeah. a huge part of that experience is, um, you know, those relationships and not even the job you're doing. Yeah. And it, it feels like, and and you can have a good relationship with someone you want to pick out of a crowd mm-hmm. to, you know, be friends with. Um, and I think a lot of that's finding common ground or, um. Yeah, not being offended or right. um, all, all those things you were talking about, trying to be a, a positive influence instead yeah. of negative Nelly. Yeah, and and it, and if they're a negative Nelly, yeah, not letting that bring you down or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but what surprised you about the workforce? Oh, that's <laughs> like that's like a, when you could just which, get in there. Which job? <laughs> <laughs> well, right, well, and your girl that knows exactly what she wants to yeah, do. Yeah, I think that the idea of it is different than the day to day of it. Oh yeah, very much so. Right, right. You yeah. know, I, I, I used to work in an environment where I had people around me all the time. Yeah, whether it be coworkers or customers. Right, right. I was in a retail environment. Yeah, and you had to mind your p's and q's every single day. Yeah. And it was pretty much the same thing every day. You wake up, you get in, you make your calls, you take care of your client, then you go home and you yeah. take care of your family. Now it's I – what I do now is I still work with customers mm-hmm. but on a much larger scale. So I'm not seeing the the employees of those customers as much. Uh, I'm not talking to them. I'm, a, yeah. I'm relying on other people to talk to those employees. So mm-hmm. now I'm in a coaching position. Right. So you have – I have had to change my communication to those employees that are now working with those employees of those customers, yeah. right? So, 
I'm not seeing the so same So different people. pros and cons, different, different set pros of pros and, and cons. cons. Very, yeah. very much so. So the workforce that I'm with now, I'm trying to work within a workforce of a company that I don't work for. Mm-hmm. I work with. I partner with. Them. Oh, okay. So I have to communicate in a different way with them. Yeah. So it, it's very it's very diverse on a day-to-day. It's not the same thing every single day anymore like it used right. to be. And I like it that, I like it better that way because it's a different thing every day. Yeah. You know, work is never the same. Yeah. Which, again, can be a good thing or a bad thing. It can be. Because when it gets like that, you probably some days wish, oh, why can't I just have a, yeah, a laid back day where I know exactly what I'm going to do and it's – Tomorrow, monotonous I ha- almost. tomorrow I have I have a thought of how tomorrow was going to go. Yeah. I are, it's my calendar is is there. I know what I'm I want to do. Mm-hmm. Is it going to happen? It probably won't. Right. But I'm going to make it. Done At least you work. have a plan, though. I have a plan. Just like I, education. I want it to work. <laughs> I want my calendar to work tomorrow because one, it, it's a it's going into a weekend. Yeah. And there's a lot of things happening over the weekend. I can't let anything uh, stop that. So right. Good things happening. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. doing a fundraiser tomorrow uh, for we're trying to raise money for or we are raising money for the animals in Australia. Oh, it's the out, Outback cool. Give Back and it's going to be at the ah. uh, Whiskey in the Jar down in Hamtramck. Nice. Yeah, so Very cool. Yeah, there's a number of folks that are involved on in that. Uh they're helping to raise money. That's cool. Yeah. What so, was that on uh Animal talk? Uh, actually, no, right? it wasn't. It, it was not actually. But you know, we we you got to stay busy. You got to try to be a positive difference. Yeah. And doing fundraising things like that that again helps to make that yeah. difference on the positive side. That is cool. And, and we just have a, a minute, so yeah. uh, Genevieve, I think all that's important. And and, and to that point, um, I think you get to times where where you're where you're consumed about yourself or mm-hmm. or what you're doing or what you're getting or whatever it may be and getting outside yourself and helping another, other people is a real good way to decompress that yeah. and really get some perspective. Um, and, and then on the work side, I know you're a ways away from that, but the, the principles I think are still sound regardless of what you're doing, whether it's digging ditches or mm-hmm. running a company. Um, I think how content you are with, a job or whatever work you end up doing is going to largely be dictated on the relationships with the people around you, mm-hmm. which at least 50% of that is on you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> to go back to the the compromise and the communication part. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, just knowing whatever job you have may not look like that what you have it in your head mm-hmm. every day. Right. It's going to change. It's going to evolve. Um, but, and, and a lot of it's just putting in the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's satisf- satisfaction putting in a hard day's work, regardless of what you're doing. Um, yeah. And, and, and learning, you can always get better. You can always improve mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. Um, yeah, you don't expect to get your dream job necessarily. And if you do get it, don't expect to be <laughs> what you expect it to be. Um, but the good news is that might not be the most important factor. Right. Like all that other stuff we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A friend of mine actually has a uh, an apparel company. Mm-hmm. And uh, the slogan on it is be the good. Ah, I like you know, that. Be, you know, believe in the good in Detroit, I think is what it says on there. But yeah. in there it says be the good. Yeah. So, and that's what you, that's what he tries to live by on a daily basis. And yeah. I really appreciate him for what he does when that, that he does that. And right. I try to do the same. Just yeah. be the good. That's huge. And, and that selfless thing, I mean, that, that, that that's going to come back to you. Absolutely. Even if it's just being able to live with yourself or, or liking <laughs> yourself more, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> to, to some degree. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, and all that good you're doing for, yeah. uh, you know, the animals in Australia or whatnot, those fundraisers, mm-hmm. you're making a huge difference. But you're also feeling much better, just mm-hmm. like you made that waitress feel better mm-hmm. at that thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so many of these things, they don't cost it's your time it costs zero dollars to be nice yeah exactly which I think is huge thank you sir and maybe we should end on that that's a perfect cost zero (laughs) dollars to be nice it costs zero (laughs) dollars to be nice thank you Luke thank you man that was a lot of fun yeah to do it again appreciate it (laughs) that's it